Okay. How magical that our path should cross. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Maybe we should put on a dirty movie. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> Don't bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, it is that time of the week. That time to put on the Silver Emotion Podcast. Close your eyes blissfully as you dream of whatever your little heart desires. Welcome to the Silver Emotion Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Silver Emotion Podcast. My name is Will, and once again, I'm here with my friend Steven. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Uh, doing good. All right. So today we're going to be talking about not one movie, uh, not quite a two few movies. actually. We're talking about thirteen movies. <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking blowing it out with the Man. baker's dozen. Thirteen of them, is it? Wow. <laughs> is that counting the interview? No. The, if you're going to count that, that's fourteen. Well, I don't know if you watched. The I interview. did watch. Yeah. I did watch. I did watch that too. So, so uh, 14, 13, yeah. yeah, 13 and a half. Anyway, um, Stephen has this DVD called The Astonishing Work of Tezuka Osamu. Um, it says on the front there that it's the experimental films. The experimental films. So, I guess they're, they're experimental films and... Uh, I guess that's uh, where he loved to do his best work, according to that interview where he was talking about it. Yeah, he 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 talked about uh, not not being tied to telling a narrative and just kind of yeah embracing his creativity and uh, doing what he wanted to do. Um, that that certainly describes these films. They're they're kind of all over the map. They are and. I gotta say, you said that they were experimental movies before, like when we were talking about watching this. Mm-hmm. And then I watched them, and I thought, like, yeah, I guess these are experimental. There's still like a story. There's not like story story, but yeah, it, there's it, still like a through line through most of them, and yeah, so it wasn't I mean, quite as like abstract as I thought it might be. Yeah, I was I was thinking these would be a lot more of. Uh, rough cuts, unpolished things that uh-huh. were just um, done without a proper staff or studio or something. Yeah, I don't, and it doesn't seem like that. No, they they're a lot more professionally done than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, and well, this is uh, Tezuka, isn't he like the god of uh, yeah early anime? <laughs> yeah, he's called the god of manga or anime or both or whatever. Yeah, um, he basically invented anime if i mean depending on how you want to define anime uh-huh. I and mean, if you're just going to define it as anything that was animated in japan then we're going to be going back to like the 1910s and whatnot right but but modern anime yeah, kind he, of all goes back to him right yeah he basically started it all with astro boy is kind of where it begins that anime kind of becomes its own thing in its own right yeah and, and what year was that? Oh, I I want to say that was in the fifties. Okay, I'm not sure when exactly, but somewhere in there. Yeah, definitely in the fifties, maybe early fifties even. 
Hmm. And I don't know. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, I know it was old enough that it was in black and white. And well, that could be any point. I mean, yeah, I am, but you're generally not gonna, at least for animation, you're usually not gonna just go back to black and white without a good reason to. Yeah, if in it, the color era. Yeah, if it was '50s, then TVs would all be black and white, or or almost entirely black and white. I don't know where right. the color popped in, but. Somewhere yeah, for home televisions. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the seventies, even. Uh, Maybe, probably the sixties. Uh, I want to say sixties. Yeah. Um, I want to say like people were watching Vietnam footage in color. Mm. Um, I mean, I know color film existed. Well, like, yeah, I mean, they've I mean, got World War Two footage in, in color, but yeah, color film has been around since like the but in terms 20s. of twenties, like televisions that you'd watch at home. Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. that's sixties. Probably for sure. I'm trying to think of like well, I don't know. I know like Andy Griffith went color and that started in sixty four and like they went color a few years in, so it was probably hmm. sixty nine or something like that when they went yeah. color. I don't know. Oh. Anyway. Sounds good enough to me. I wasn't alive then, so uh, <laughs> I can't verify. Right. <laughs> At least not by experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could look it up, but yeah. who wants to do that? What's the point of that on Silver Emulsion? Right, right. Well, you know. <laughs> we don't look things up. I'm trying to talk. You know, I don't look shit up. What is this? 2017? <laughs> so, I don't know how you want to do this. Do you want to go... I kind of figured just, just do them right in order. Okay. That's what I thought time. we'd do, but I don't know. Maybe you, yeah. you just... Didn't want and they're to they're in chronological order. They are much to my uh, enjoyment. Yeah, and not that they're like meant to be seen together. They're they're spanned over a couple decades here. Right, but uh, the first one's what sixty two or three. Sixty two is the first. And I think the, the final one two. was eight, was eighty eight. Eighty eight. Yeah. So it's, and I heard that that was his last uh, animated project. Like that was the last thing he did. Uh, may well have been. I'm not sure when exactly he died, but I, I kind of want to say early 90s or late 80s or something like that. So that would have been towards the end of his life, yeah. I would think. Um, yeah, it's 88 on that last one, so. Yeah. The interview is actually like 86, was it? It is, A little is, earlier yeah. than that. So he yeah, because he's talking a lot about jumping and... and yeah, that it looks like it, that was the one he had just made when they did the interview. Yeah. And the interview may have been about that film specifically it was but he did mention broken down film also yeah he, and that was 85 yeah so. i think he even mentioned the street corner which i think is the first one yeah he and, he talked a little bit about that too and he did mention that he wanted to do another one that was going to be this big epic thing which i think wound up being that forest tale oh okay and that that's just my guess yeah by, by the way he was talking about what his next project was oh, okay and that i'm assuming that it's the forest story on there that would make that sense was that was about. a long one so yeah i mean a long it's like half an hour but yeah okay so we'll go to uh, re- <laughs> rewind it back to 1962 for uh the first movie on this uh dvd collection called tales of the street corner yeah that one was a a little unanticipated in its narrative structure i think uh 
and that it, it kind of gives like this cast at the beginning, which was kind of funny. It does. I like the street punk moth. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> I, I like it. was kind of like, oh, there's the little girl and her, and like, okay. And then it's like, oh, no, and then there's this mouse. Like, okay, I guess we go. And then it's like this woman on a poster. I'm like, is that really a character? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like kind of goes into, and it kind of is. They kind of. Yeah. Everything that that's, you know, the tree with the seeds and uh, yeah. the street lamp. I love how to describe it as people living on the street. And it was like, this, this woman on a poster. Like, I, I guess you call that living on the street corner or whatever. But. Well, in the wild, um, fantastical world of Tezuka, uh, sh- these are the, there, the yeah. things that are living there. So, um, I don't know. Did you like this one? Um, I, I did. It kind of, there is... The art style is definitely different from what you usually see, certainly nowadays. Yeah, it it's it's kind of like a... There's no line art to it. It's like they just painted the cells without an actual division. Oh, like, I didn't Normally really you'll just have that, like yeah. a black line to divide everything. Yeah, that's true. I can, and yeah. they just eliminated that in, in this. And I've, I've seen that before. Uh-huh. Um, in an, another anime film, actually. Where exactly? Uh, <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> no, but this one I think was a, the one I'm thinking of, I think was a 50s movie. Uh-huh. Was um, The Little Prince and the Eight-Headed Dragon. Ooh, that sounds fun. It it looks really fun. The clips I've seen of it are like, I know we were talking about this with like Akira and like other films that animation-wise could compare to it. Like, yeah. That's a film that could compare to it. Really? It, in the 50s? Wow. Yeah, it was... Well, I shouldn't say really. I mean, fucking but, Snow White and all that shit was in the 30s. Right, so. right. And I mean, it was... Just just the clips I've seen of it have been really phenomenally animated. Uh-huh. I know it's considered to be one of the most classic animated films in and Japan. Japan, okay. Um, yeah, it's based on an, a Japanese legend or myth of... Uh, I believe it's... Oh, Susano, the storm god, or something, and Ooh. you fight some dragon and get some magical sword. Or was, uh, sounds fun. There, there. I've I've read the myth before that it's based on, so I kind of have a, a vague understanding oh, of okay. what it's adapting, how it adapts it. I'm not entirely yeah. sure, but um, so that film is considered one of the biggest classics of older anime and yeah. stuff like that. But it's Hard it to did find. actually. It, Definitely in English. I mean, oddly enough, it was released in America, but in the '50s, so there was no oh, okay. no home video or anything. It was just a theatrical release, yeah. so it never got a video release ever in huh. America. So well, I'll yeah, see maybe, if maybe, I can uh, hunt it down for you. Maybe find know. a Hong Kong version with a <laughs> maybe. I don't know how much English subtitles. I don't know how much '50s anime yeah, they I have put no out, idea. But, uh, but but that one being such. A huge one, I know in Japan is, yeah. is considered to be a really. Well, I'll have to Im- look it up. Yeah, so yeah, you know, maybe I, we'll bump into it. I did notice when I was looking through Tezuka stuff that um, listed on his filmography was a Journey to the West adaptation from 1960. Ooh! So I looked into that, and all I could find was the American release of that, and it's on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh wow! Um, but they they. <laughs> Changed the entire soundtrack. Oh yeah, not um, surprised. Music wise, and obviously it's dubbed. And mm-hmm. then they re-edited it all, 
and uh, <laughs> to like remove all references of Buddha, and Buddhism, and <laughs> oh, stuff because wow. that story is very like uh, steeped in Buddhist right, traditions right. and things. And so I guess they like completely changed it. Like the Monkey King is named Alakazam the Great. <laughs> so anyway, but you know that actually sounds familiar. I might have heard of that as oh, okay. Alakazam the Great and not realized it was an adaptation of uh, Journey to the West. Yeah, I mean it, it looks just like it's the little Monkey King with his little golden crown and everything. Yeah, it's yeah, just I'm, I'm kind of right picturing on. it. Yeah, huh. uh, but anyway, it's on Amazon Prime, full on widescreen, looks fucking great. I just don't know that I want to watch it. I want to see like the real thing. Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, that was just done as a matter of course with anime. Yeah, well, and, back in the day, I mean, that's just yeah. how they did everything. It was uh, released by American International Pictures, who would release um, like the Gamera movies came out through them, mm, and then yeah. they just re-edit stuff. And I want to say Godzilla was yeah. also. And, yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of their thing. When, when it comes to anime, it's we've really been lucky in the West that it has become as authentic to the original yeah. as it has. I, I don't know that Hong Kong films have gotten that at all much um, to the degree that anime has anyway. Nah, new stuff it has mm. for the most part. Um, there's a company called Wellgo that puts out movies, um, and they have been working to release movies the same day as China and Hong Kong gets them. So we get them the same day in the theaters, very limited. One of them just came out in Eugene here, but it was a part two, and I hadn't seen the first one. So, um, But anyway, and they put them out um, uncut and stuff. Cool. Uh, so a little bit, but that's new movies, so I don't really care. Right. Like I care more about the old yeah. stuff, and we don't get a lot of old stuff, really. Yeah. Um, but but Tales of the Street Corner reminded me of uh a Disney movie and I don't know what year it is so it could have come out after I don't I don't know but mm-hmm. when I was a kid I always watched this Disney movie that was about the creation um and the evolution of music it's called uh fucking what's it called toot whistle plunk and boom <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably about like 20 minutes or something and there's a lot of animation styles um, that are very similar. Hmm. Like, and I'm not sure, because I'd have to see the two movies um, back to back, but there was like a caveman guy on one of the posters in Street Corner. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was like almost the same, because there's caveman section of that, of that toot whistle huh. plunk and boom. And so Interesting. I'm, I'm curious, because that was during one of like the... the when the posters were doing their musical thing. Right. And they're like clapping and stuff. So it made me think like, oh, I wonder if the, if that movie uh, spurred on Tezuka or something. I don't know the years. It may though. have because Tezuka's was very heavily inspired by Disney. Yeah. And Max Fleischer. You can Fleischer see that and, in a lot, of, his, on a lot yeah, of these things. Yeah. he's He definitely evolved that style out of uh, American animation. Yeah. Um, the Fleischer brothers, he did a lot. He, he was also very fond of them. Yeah, they they did some good stuff. Popeye yeah. and yeah. The, those Superman yeah. things from great whenever that was, then. the 40s or something. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I liked this one also. I I wanted, like, part of me <laughs> when I was watching it was like, oh, I wish it was more condensed into like, oh, I, I liked the poster part and then it went on these other parts and I was less enchanted with them 
Right. Um, but then by the end of it, I was like, no, it's good as it is. You know, <laughs> it, it has a whole like arc to it. And yeah, stuff. yeah, it's kind of like it, it's very much the way Tezuka designs things, where it will just cut to something completely unrelated and you'll be yeah. like what the heck and but there is this connection that you're just not seeing or like because it's going around this girl who loses her teddy bear and there's mice going on and it's and then it just goes to these posters and they're doing right. their own thing and then it's like it does entangle into itself but it's definitely tezuka's style of narrative is one that takes adjustment to yeah. get used to because he does that a lot of, uh-huh. in more extreme ways sometimes than even this but it all comes together and that's like the main thing right right where like it not only just comes together but it it forms like a a whole point and just like yeah i don't know yeah Um, it was uh this is fucking awesome. Yeah, it was a very interesting story. I think, like you, like during the story, I was a little like lost on where it was going and what it was trying to do. Yeah, and then by the end of it, it was kind of coming together and felt more appropriate and right. And there's there's always this thing with Tezuka where he has very much a sense of humor that he tries to put into things. Okay, and there's always this lighthearted atmosphere to it. And at the same time, he'll be doing serious things. And there's always this kind of razor's edge of which he's doing when. Yeah. Because there's like the point where they they first put up the poster of the general guy. And I'm kind of like, oh, this is going to be some like commentary on dictators or something. And then it kind of cuts back to this whimsical mode. I'm like, oh, well, maybe it was just this random thing right. that just got slapped in there and it doesn't mean anything. And then it kind of goes back to it and develops it further. Right. And- Man, when they ripped down the the old like waiter dude that was leading the music yeah. <laughs> i fucking got sad like <laughs> i started like getting emotional oh the, he's just blowing away in the wind <laughs> i got so sad like i oh it was, especially after that big like musical crescendo of everybody's right. like happy and clapping and then they just fucking rip him off the wall you know just like, god damn harsh reality <laughs> and then they throw up this fucking general nobody's like everybody's all scared and it's like, oh man yeah that was that was some good stuff the the, the way that was all put together and, yeah and um, and i i've seen a couple things from those uh those tv movies that he did mm-hmm. in the 70s okay so late you've, 70s or so whatever. You've seen a little bit of his stuff i've seen a few of those um and all of those had a very um pro environmental <laughs> Right, sort of right. message, and I want to say like almost every one of these movies has a does, similar yeah. message as well. Yeah. Um, what the uh, the the quote they have on this front of this DVD box is uh, that one would be worth. You've got it in front of you, so I do have it in front of me, and so. I'm going to read it to myself. <laughs> Very quietly. Very quietly, and okay. So contemplatively. We, the the, just the so. audience doesn't need to know this at all. No, no. <laughs> this is just for me. <laughs> all right, I'll read it. Um, it says, What I try to say through my works is simple. Love everything that has life. I have been trying to express this message in every one of my works. He said it. <laughs> Fucking, that's it. I mean, there you that's, go. Yeah. that's really the thing. 
And with this movie specifically, I liked how, um, for the most part, whenever they'd show people, like actual living people. Right. Other than the little girl, and I think they show her dad's face a little bit, but right. for the most part, it's just feet walking. Yeah, and there's like, just the one guy with the feet who puts up the posters. They, yeah. That's then, all you see is his feet. Well, and, they sh- they show him, and he's super, like, fluidly animated, as opposed to the other yeah. stuff, especially the posters, where it's just like, bop, 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 yeah, bop, they're, like two they're, frames. Right, you know? they're very simple. And, and so... Like they, they just, I saw it as this thing of this like people, there's all this life, life, quote unquote life around everybody, mm-hmm. you know, there's the posters which are not actually alive, but they, if you look at a poster, you can imagine or whatever, you can be, you know, um, excited by a poster and it can, you know, right. spur something. Um, but these people around this little street corner are completely oblivious. They don't know anything. This guy's just clomp, 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 clomp. When the, the tree is shooting its seeds and trying to like, like get them on some dirt, there's a bunch of shots of just feet fucking smashing the seeds. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just like completely oblivious to the life around them. They're just going about doing whatever. And it just like made me think about that. I was like, "Fuck, man, you can slow down. <laughs> Check out just this little tiny, this little street corner with the little alley. There's so much going on, you know, with mice and right. this little girl, and I don't know. Just it got me going. And then like literally every other, <laughs> every other one of these things is like uh, it's similarly themed. So I was very, uh, I was yeah, enjoying it's, them. It's, he's definitely got some interesting expressions of ideas and stuff on these yeah yeah and mm-hmm. i probably um re- respond to it well because i agree <laughs> with him <laughs> right um i did see i don't remember which one it was i think it was the forest one towards the end i looked at a fucking imdb review of it and it was like two stars S- fucking so preachy <laughs> And he was like going off about how it's like, oh, this is just a fucking environmental bullshit. It's like, ah, you dumb fuck. <laughs> like, I was like, I wanted to strangle this guy. Uh, um, so definitely, you know, if you aren't <laughs> in the same mindset, maybe they don't right. resonate in the same way. But I am, so I liked it. Yeah, it's uh, that, that was an enjoyable one. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, it's the longest one, too. At yeah, probably, thirty-nine yeah, yeah, minutes. Thirty-nine minutes. Yeah, probably was the longest. There's it's, a there's a couple others that come close, but it, they yeah, come close, but but, but not quite a as shorter. Long as one. Uh, so, anything else you want to move on to the next one? Or? Um, yeah, let's move on. All right, the next one is called Male. It's from 1962. Also, Male is in gender, not the male you get in the mailbox. This is true. Yes, <laughs> important distinction. Um. This one, that, God, that was a brutal ending. <laughs> that ending was that ending was fucking great. Yeah, and I had the feeling that some shit was going down, <laughs> but right. I didn't quite expect that. Yeah, that was because like, like I wasn't sure. It when when they show the ending, 
it becomes clear that it's like, oh, this has been happening just over a few minutes or mm-hmm. whatever. I thought maybe it was like multiple nights as it was going on because of the right. way that everything's obscured. Right. And I think this one got me completely because I was kind of thinking of it as the guy being disturbed by because it was it was the cat is specifically talking about how the guy is shoving him around and just being like, stop making all this noise right. and disturbing me. And it was like, and it was just kind of like, so I was just kind of thinking like it was the cat making love to the, that was disturbing the guy. Well, the cat was talking about like how they, the, the humans were like disturbing him. Yeah. And then it kind of like, it kind of got to that point at the end too. But uh, like at the beginning he was just like, Oh, why do you keep kick me out of here oh. when I'm making noises? Like when I'm, I'm perfectly fine letting you make all your noise and being like, okay, no, yeah, no, I forgot like, about that. And at the very, at least at the very beginning he does at the end, he starts getting like, okay, that was just crazy. Like you got to cut this out. <laughs> and it's like, that was kind of like, it was like, you see the guy and he's all perturbed and, and yeah, his annoyed. fucking hairs keep coming up. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, and then that reveal was just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's rough. Then he's not fucking around. That's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's easy to forget with Tezuka that he does do these serious themes at times. Yeah, because, well, I like Because he's so it's, whimsical it's at nice. the same time that it, it's easy to forget that he's not necessarily making just this childish. Right. Uh, well, that's what I like about Asian stuff in general. It seems like... The, the embracing of of multiple tones and and not being like oh this is for kids so we can't do this and we're gonna keep it all in the same path right like it's more it feels more true to life when yeah it's fun there's people dying you know it's like yeah now yeah, there's a war and now there's the you know, yeah and like, and Tezuka especially will have a lot of that in his yeah uh, that mixture because either he really like cares about these things. Yeah, and I, he has said that he always, like, whenever things get really serious in his stories, he throws in a joke to lighten the mood. And, yeah. And so he's very deliberately just clashing these tones to a degree. Yeah. One, it and, is animation. Yeah. And so I think in that interview, he says something like, well, it's animation, so, you know, you kind of got to throw some jokes in. <laughs> it can't just be serious. I mean, right, it can be. We've seen yeah. it by this point, but yeah, I mean, um, and even, even Akira had weird jokes scattered. Yeah, it and right. Goofy things in it that would just make yeah. me laugh. And yeah, pretty much everything should have some <laughs> something to lighten the mood. I mean, not everything, I guess, but lots of stuff. Yeah, still has a joke here and there. Yeah, it's good to have some humor in there. Yeah, visually. This is obviously the one that's like the least interesting, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's there's it's so minimalist. Yeah, it's just black, and then these little circles open up, and you see a little bit, little bit, and it's. But at the same time, I really like the way it was building to. Yeah, the conclusion. It it there's a point to it, for yeah. sure. It's just, um, in a technical sense, it is the least uh, <laughs> right difficult there, to have constructed, probably. Yeah. Um, but I still liked it. I yeah. mean, no, it was it know. was it was fun. It was enjoyable. And that and that that ending totally got me. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's and, a doozy. It's a good one. And and for just what like what five minutes or something this one was. I don't even think it's that long. It was three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. Yeah. So no. <laughs>
But after just a, a little three-minute film, that was pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. Just bust it out, three minutes, you know, that's all you need. Uh, and go on to the next one? Yeah. The next one is called Memory, and it's from 1964. Yeah, that, um, was, that one was an interesting one. Memory. <laughs> I don't know if I remember this one. No. I did one. I, I did think that was kind of appropriate to us and our uh, constant memory issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it trying. goes, I mean, it's just a human thing, I think, too. Right, right. It so even says it at the beginning of this movie. Like, yes, you know, people forget stuff. They remember stuff. You know, it's kind of, it's the way that memory is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, specifically <laughs> to this podcast you seem to have a good memory to me um but i kind of i think i do at least for things that i actually want to i guess yeah well like you'll pull out some like real fine detail and some shit and it's like damn (laughs) man i'm i'm lucky if i remember the premise (laughs) (laughs) and at the same time that's like my childhood i've remembered jack shit of my childhood (laughs) so i so i think that that memory i do have came at a price <laughs> oh, there's always a price <laughs> yeah oh geez um what is there to say about memory um what did i write i didn't write much yeah i mean it was it was kind of clever with the visuals of like you were if you see a guy smoking a cigar, you're just going to remember the cigar, and it just like shows this cigar like sticking out of the suit. Tie. Yeah, just, I remember that. It, it had some interesting visual uh, depictions of the things. Well, and that's true, because like, you see somebody for, you know, whatever, a few seconds, and you can remember like whatever the defining right. characteristic is, but you net, you couldn't like draw their face if you could draw theoretically (laughs) like oh this is a perfect representation of them you can Mm -hmm. barely recall it in your mind sometimes so it makes you know it was like i thought it was good commentary on on memory yeah yeah it was definitely very true to life yeah and the where it kept going all the way out to like humans are gone now oh yeah yeah, and uh, yeah like, what are the aliens going to remember of us? <laughs> um, which I fucking love. Yeah, that, um, was, that was great. I, I love the aliens, too. Just the aliens themselves. Right, right. Aliens really... themselves were just these fucking, like, <laughs> cabinet things with drawer mouths and stuff. <laughs> had, like, feet sticking out of their heads. Yeah, yeah. Arms coming, like, walking around on their hands. And... Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's the thing, like, about all these, those character designs very funny You're like oh look at these guys with the fucking drawers coming out to, <laughs> while they're talking but at the same time like the the theme that he's exploring is very serious like what will humans be remembered for like wow right, that's right. a big fucking question and um you know that one it kind of reminds me of a calvin and hobbes poem oddly enough because okay. there are Poems of Calvin and Hobbes. All right. Um, in the in the books, in yeah, the, in yeah. the comic, yeah, in one of the the anthology one. There were there were a couple of anthology sets of just the whole comics and stuff where okay. he he did specific artwork for them. Oh, to, for because the he felt okay. like just collecting the strips was kind of worthless. Like it didn't. He wanted to do something else to give the books actual value. 
because they were like reprints of things that had already been collected. So yeah. Bill Watterson just threw in some extra artwork, and some one of them had a bunch of weird little poems okay. that he illustrated with Calvin and Hobbes illustrations, and and one of them was about. Um, aliens and it, what it was like what if my bones were in a museum and like an aliens had put him together wrong and it was like <laughs> it's this whole little poem about how they completely assemble him weirdly and he's got like teeth covered arms coming out of his ears and it was just like <laughs> that's fun so it was kind of a little bit like that of like just this uh misconstruction of the past right because we don't know right you know? That's like the uh, the brontosaurus of our youth yeah. um, was then later found to be, oh, somebody found the wrong head and put it on the wrong body. <laughs> and so then they realized some point after I was out of school, because right. my nephew was just like, there's no brontosaurus anymore. And it was like, what the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> brontosaurus, man? And then I looked it up, and no, they, they found out it was actually two different fucking uh. dinosaurs. Whatever the were, I don't know. Brontosaurus is locked in forever for me. But yeah, I mean that's 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 a thing for for me. Brontosaurus will always exist. Right. I mean, it's like it's, Pluto is a planet. Yeah, just cause exactly. That's just what it was. And yeah, I'm not gonna get rid of that out of my head at this point. You know, <laughs> it's like um, the 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 ending with the aliens also reminded me of the movie AI. Have you seen AI? Um. I don't think so. I, I think I've had it plenty spoiled. So is, oh. is that the one that was um, the the one that Kubrick made, but then Spielberg finished or something? Kubrick was, um, or he was he wrote it or something. Kubrick and then... was trying to put it together, um, and supposedly, while he was alive, he told Spielberg, "This movie is too sentimental for me. You should make this movie." And Spielberg said, "No." You gotta make it's your movie. Make the movie, you know. And then when he died, Spielberg was like, "Oh, I have to honor right, this right, tradition okay. of yeah, like yeah. he wanted me to make this movie. I'm gonna make this movie." Okay, yeah. Then that is the one I was thinking. That is of. the yeah. one. Yeah. So I've I think I've had that plenty spoiled. So I probably know enough of the ending. Yeah. Isn't it like some aliens come by and? Or is it was it, it was some like fairy thing or something? There's 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 um. A Pinocchio thing that runs through the whole thing, um, because the main kid is a robot right. that basically wants to be a real boy. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, at the end, there's there's some beings <laughs> that um, are trying to reconstruct like Earth's past, basically. Uh. Um, but you'd have to see the movie to really like. Yeah, get it. and just just kind of knowing the ending isn't experiencing it really. Definitely not. Yeah. Even knowing that isn't really because even that part is kind of like an epilogue thing. It's not really like part of the. Mm. I mean, it is, but it's not. Yeah, I, um, I just know at the time when I was like, oh, I was gonna spoil it, and I'm like, eh, I'm probably never gonna watch that movie, yeah. and, and then I found out more about it and i was like oh, maybe i should watch that movie. it's a but. fucking great movie i love it it's one of my favorite movies um mm. a lot of people don't like it but they're wrong <laughs> but they're wrong they okay wrong. It's, that's good to know that they're wrong i love it i think it's fucking great um i've seen it a million times i, I love it because i think that's what it was there was so much negativity around it of, there was popular opinion of it is that it's a shit movie and so it is i just kind of wrote it off and never really 
uh, looked much into it. Yeah, but people are wrong. <laughs> I mean, just like you know, mainstream people, not necessarily right. You that, know, that's very true, and I, I should have known better. <laughs> well, if you don't have anybody pushing it, and right. you just hear like, "Oh, it's shitty," you know, what what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it reminded me of that. So that was always that's always a good thing because I like mm. thinking about AI. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else? Um, nah, Any other memories? Next, uh, <laughs> uh, next up, uh, the fourth movie called Mermaid, from also from 1964. Yeah, that one. Oh, that one actually reminds me of the street corner, because there was okay. a mermaid in one of the posters on the street corner. Story. There was. Yeah, it was just there for. It was one that was just there for a little second, and at first it's like, oh, it's just this mermaid thing and then it like it pans down and like her fishtail is like all bones oh yeah and, the and then the cat's was... sitting there right next to her i was like oh my god the cat just ate her the what cat the... fucking ate the fish part yeah <laughs> it was simultaneously hilarious and disturbing yeah and i i know i enjoyed in that. a way that perfectly kind of captures osama tezuka's uh ability to just kind of blend yeah right that line yeah but so, so onto the actual story of the mermaid. Um, yeah, that one. I think the subtitles were fucking up on. They me were. There. They were definitely fucked up. They were. They were mistimed. I think. Yeah, they were definitely mistimed. I don't think was there actual dialogue. I remember there being the screens. Like I don't inner think there titles. Was, I don't think there was any dialogue, but there yeah. was like these the inner title. Yeah, things. there were those things, and the but subtitles would pop up like way, yeah, like five know? minutes later, like, some yeah, shit. <laughs> and yeah, and by I mean, the, I don't think it really ruined it per se, but it was definitely throwing things off for me. Yeah, I mean, it was all right, but but <laughs> yeah, I don't know how how it got like that but yeah I, I was curious if you were having that problem too or i if did it was just i definitely me. did so that's the dvd's issue yeah um but at the same time there's so little of the of the subtitles there's so little that needed right yeah thankfully it, it wasn't yeah, like one it, of the ones with talking it, it didn't completely destroy the narrative it just kind of threw it off a little bit but that was yeah that was Definitely uh, one of his more, uh, another of his uh, little allegorical stories. Of, uh, yeah, well, another one. Yeah, yes. another they're one. All, like, they're like all, all of pretty them. much like yeah, that. Pr- yeah, I'm, I think pretty much all of them in this collection are in some um, way, at least in some small sense, somewhere in it. Yeah, yeah. This one reminded me also of Kubrick. Um, not that AI really reminds me of Kubrick, but um, there's a part where they're doing some like clockwork orange kind of fucking uh torture to the guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Cuz basically he finds this fish and it mm. turns into a mermaid. Yeah, I kind of got the idea just based on the fact like right at the opening it says that he, the boy is fond of fantasies and I kind of got this idea that he was pretending it was a mermaid this yeah. whole time. Yeah. I didn't quite get that until later on. Like, oh okay, he's, he's He's got an imagination. Right. Because it becomes more of a theme of like where they're yeah, trying to. Cause it was, it seemed to be less about a mermaid, more about this guy's imagination and right. being stifled by an yeah. authority that just doesn't like what he's uh, thinking about. Right. No, no free thinking. We're going to fucking clockwork orange you into 
not thinking about the mermaid. Yeah, and at the same time, the torture was like really weird. It was like tickling him or something is what it looked like. I thought it was like fucking shocking him, like electrotherapy. <laughs> oh, there was that part too, but there was the that point where he's in the room. Yeah. And they're like just showing an image of the mermaid and they tickle him and he just rolls around laughing on the ground and oh. until it gets to the point where they just show the picture of the mermaid and he rolls around like they don't even need to tickle him anymore. Yeah. And it was just like what what kind of weird like what kind of <laughs> weird torture is that? Like I mean it's torture but it's like what the heck are they well, doing? You get tickled enough to where it's like a fucking like stop it and it just keeps going. I mean that's torture. Yeah, so it was it, it was a weird one there where they they just uh, trained him to laugh at images of mermaids, I guess, and kind of Pavlov's dog style. Yeah, uh, but but then the the poorly timed subtitle, yeah, later then comes in and says, "Oh, well, he didn't stop thinking of the mermaid though." <laughs> at the point, you already know that because you've been watching it for a few minutes, but right. <laughs> I wasn't sure if the subtitles were early or late. It was so weird. They were definitely late because the the screen with the writing would come up, the intertitle, and then it would show like the consequences of what had been said, but you didn't know what had been said until <laughs> a couple minutes later when it said it. And then I was like, oh, okay, now that little yeah, thing was, makes a little I, more sense. I think there was some intertitle that like at the end that never yeah i want to say that never there was the one. subtitles for, <laughs> there, like the subtitles were like so far off they were yeah. out of the the runtime and right, we never right. got to see them um maybe i don't know because that because that's what made like well maybe they're early maybe that last one i saw a few minutes ago was supposed to go like, maybe maybe i, I wasn't sure where the subtitles were actually supposed to be popping in yeah at, i didn't but, go back and like investigate it yeah i didn't either so but, but it, it was a little disappointing but it was still an, an interesting story where it's uh yeah and and animation wise i found a lot of these movies to be interesting in the choice of like animation style and like how mm-hmm. detailed they went because he clearly shows right in that first movie like that he has a range of of yeah, things yeah. that he's working with and so when you get to this one and it's just like line drawings with no colored fill-ins or anything on the characters they're just lines mm-hmm. and like there's a point where one of the like bad guys or one of the government guys like stands in front of another one and it's all like garbled lines <laughs> because it's just two fucking dudes standing on top of each other and you can just see through both of them right and i thought I was try- always trying to like think like well why why would on this particular movie would he just use the lines mm-hmm. and so for that one I came to the conclusion that they're trying to stomp down the free thinking mm-hmm. and so they are transparent because they aren't full humans <laughs> if they're not like free thinking so they can be seen through because they're not complete. Yeah, I, I like it. So that's what I came up with. <laughs> yeah, that's that's better than what I came up with, which was nothing. So <laughs> nothing. Well, and the thing is, like, you know that he's making a choice with that, right? And right. So I always am trying to think, like, well, why? 
why is that a choice? Like, what is the choice behind this thing? Right. And uh, that's what he came up with. So I thought it was seemed seemed plausible yeah yeah it's as uh, good as anything i can come up with so let's go with that that's the uh official silver emulsion I, interpretation right of the and i don't know that i wanted at the end to like the kid becomes like colored in or something but i don't think that they ever did that i don't remember no i, I didn't I write it down so. if i did but yeah uh so. next one yeah move on the next one is called The Drop um, from the next year, 1965. Okay, I'm not remembering what that was from the title. Um, the Drop is the guy on the raft who is trying oh, to get oh, yeah, a drink. Yeah. He's yeah, out in the middle yeah, of the sea. Yeah. Okay, that one, yeah. Out in the middle of the sea trying to get a drop of water. Um, he sees three drops on the sail, the ragged sail. Yeah. Okay. And so then he's trying to get uh, get them to drink them. And it's uh, it's very uh, kind of a Saturday morning cartoon yeah. vibe to this one. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, kind of a light little funny thing. Yeah, and if there's one any of this one, this collection that doesn't have a, a proper uh, allegory or something, it might be this one. I think Broken Down Film is kind of like that too, where there's yeah, well, where it's, it's just fun. It is just fun, but it also speaks to like with the ending, um, which gets remarkably dark (laughs) (laughs) like in a very weird way for a very fun like sort of like yeah it's it's dark but in a very funny light-hearted kind of way it's like well it doesn't (laughs) seem that until the like because there's a part where he's like i can't get the drop i'm gonna fucking hang myself (laughs) there was that and then the final turn comes and it becomes again lighthearted yeah it's like the it's like it's kind of weird that for as dark as it is it's also very lighthearted. like it's the humor is not necessarily dark humor in, yeah uh, well i thought it was going to end on the dude fucking hanging himself <laughs> yeah, fade of. to black and i thought god damn <laughs> that took a fucking turn <laughs> shit <laughs> but then it, it ends with the joke um and with the joke i thought like it's not a big time allegory, but it is sort of the 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 general thing of like you are so focused on the the details that you don't see what's around you. Because if he actually looked, he would have seen. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm not in the sea. I can totally drink this water. Right. But he's so fucking focused on these details, like so. Not unlike the other ones where it's like, see the life around you, look, take yeah, a, yeah. take a moment to stop and, and look, a, you know, look at the life in the world. And, you know, it's a, it's again, another version of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. So I feel like pretty much everything this guy does is in some way related to that sort of like his, like his thing, you know, like, love everything that has life Yeah, sort of, you know. Look around. Um, I don't know that there's any much, much more to say about that one, though. No, not much. It's That's a shorty. Really, shorty. Yeah. Four minutes. Yeah, most of these have been short. Uh, the next one is uh, the second long one, and it's called Pictures at an Exhibition. 
Um, were you fam- familiar with the the piece of classical music, pictures at an exhibition? I am uh, at least somewhat familiar with it. I don't yeah. know if about the entire piece that he plays there, but at least portions of it I've I listen to occasionally on I've got it on my iTunes. The actual yeah. classical thing? Yeah. So, some version or another of it. Right. Okay. I'm not sure if I have that entire Set, yeah, the whole but, suite. Yeah, but yeah. I've, I've got the the more famous parts of it anyway. Um, right on. Certainly the part with the the arc at the end where the yeah the yeah well you know the, the more famous right, parts of it the main parts yeah. Also uh, redone in the seventies by Emerson Lake and Palmer. Ooh, <laughs> prog rockers, <laughs> ELP did a uh, a full like rendition like thirty some minutes I think is the full. Whatever the length of this movie is, 32 minutes, I think that's the full length of it. So oh, they used okay. to do that. Um, like as? As, as, uh, as a rock and roll trio. Oh. They they have a lot of synths. And, like one guy plays synths and then uh, bass and drums. So, yeah, so Or guitar and drums. I don't know. I think the one guy plays bass, though. I don't know. Maybe well, he does uh, both. It'd be interesting. To anyway, to, yeah, I'd like to check that out someday. Yeah, well, I, I got it on here, so yeah. I can uh, pass it along or whatever. <laughs> um, so that I was familiar with it as well. So when it started, pictures at an exhibition, and the music starts, I thought, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. He's going to do a little uh, little rendition of this. Yeah, and, and he did. Yeah, yes. <laughs> What I liked about it, I mean, I liked the whole thing, but I liked how, well, it starts with photography. Right. There's and he, he's showing, you know, yeah, you're yeah, walking in during the credits to yeah, this. The, uh, the opening is all live action. You don't. Or yeah. Not really. There's not people, but there's just, it's actual uh, footage. Film, as footage you're, yeah. you know, getting up to this. Uh, the building. The, the building. Museum that, or whatever. And, and, you know, housing the. The exhibition of the yeah. the paintings and it doesn't turn animated until it starts showing the the paintings themselves right and then so we're moving past the paintings much as you would in a gallery mm-hmm. sort of looking at this thing and and, and one maybe catches your eye and you examine and it closer and right and so in this movie you go in and uh have a little short film within a film sort of thing yeah so it's it it is an anthology film within an anthology film yeah yeah and i enjoyed it quite a bit um i think the first one kind of threw me with the journalist yeah that threw me as well because i i wasn't sure that i was like was that maybe a mistranslation i feel like it was because then in the interview he mentions um that guy is being like the gossip guy <laughs> and so so maybe he's more of a maybe it was more meant to be a paparazzi rather than yeah or like or, like or um sensationalist yeah. kind of tabloid reporter some kind of you know like but, that yeah and like at the same time the things he was doing didn't strike me as journalism in any sense like more of like uh like information control like a big brother kind of a thing and yeah like like something 1984 would be doing of their, you know, you're not allowed to see this. You're, you're right, right. So maybe more of a censor than a, 
Yeah, it's definitely mistranslated as journalist. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I just have a feeling that's... If they added quotes around yeah. journalist, <laughs> then we would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah, because that, that one kind of threw me. I was like, what? what? This doesn't seem right somehow. And yeah, that definitely bothered me as well. But then yeah. I, I just, ah, whatever. They, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is journalism in, in Japan. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. That's what Japan- they call journalists. Yeah, 60s Japan journalists were maybe assholes. <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> um, then when it goes to the next one is where I really liked... And I got the feeling that I was at a gallery <laughs> because it's it's going by pictures. I think it's the next one. And then there's like a thing of where it looks like Beethoven or something. Mm-hmm. And it starts to go in <laughs> and then it pulls back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It keeps they, going. yeah it did do a little fake out somewhere. In there, and I yeah. thought like, oh, that's nice. Like some things catch your eye, but not entirely. They don't catch you fully. Right. So you just right. look you'll, for a little you'll bit. You'll look at it and go like, ah, oh, never mind. That one's really right. And then you just move on to the next yeah. thing. So I really liked that. The little. Uh. Yeah, and and I like that you couldn't really tell when it was going to zoom in on a picture. I would try to guess. Yeah, I mean, I would. What I wound up finding the more reliable way was to look at the art style of the picture. If it was something that was going to be animated, yeah, easily, or it looked like it could be animation, that was more likely to be the one it would zoom in on. Right. I tried to guess, but I I was wrong a couple times. Yeah, I was I was definitely wrong a few times too. But it was like, but you couldn't tell. Like it wasn't just going to be like every five paintings it zooms in. No, it definitely like it wasn't. Would go, it would yeah. pass like 10 or so it would like it would just keep going like, oh, when's it going to, oh, now it finally zooms in. Then other ones are just like, oh, two paintings down. And, right. and like you were saying, like if you're walking through a gallery, you're not going to see every five and you know you're going to walk right. past a bunch that you don't like and maybe there's two or three right next to each other that you like. And right. So that it's, was... It's just up to the viewer as as with any art Right. You're going to respond to whatever you respond to. And so these are the ones that Tezuka picked for us to respond to specifically. <laughs> these are, you know, we are seeing this gallery right. through his eyes, basically. Right. Because um, you don't see any people, um, like, at the gallery. Mm-hmm. You're just you're just, looking you're at just eyes yeah. looking at stuff and you're zooming in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. What else I, is going on? There's the there was the the weird the weird boxer one that was the elephant with, with the boxing glove on the end of his trunk. Yeah, and, and his <laughs> fucking trunk falls off at yeah, the end. Was, he's got he, it taped oh on. Oh my god, <laughs> that like was that. getting gnarly. <laughs> that, was, that was so bizarre. Yeah, and like that that one, and I I I get the feeling through this pictures at an exit. Like every single one of the thing people it zooms in on. Yeah. Are like r- these horrible people in a way, like or they're maybe not evil, but they're selfish or okay. self-centered. Like there, there was none of them that were these heroic or or kind-hearted people or anything. They're all like the celebrity who's just going in and getting all the makeup and right. just. There's the doctor, the cosmetic surgeon who's just yeah. Uh, you know, clearly just pumping out this crap for that's right. not a value. Like, and then with those, I also with like the art style was very much a choice in all of those as well. Yeah, like the TV people are TV people are known like entertainment people are known as being shallow. And right. I found it interesting that like all of those people didn't have complete lines. Like mm. they all had a line missing, <laughs> and so it was like they were only half of a of a drawing almost. 
And then, like, the cosmetic surgeon is the most fucking rudimentary, like, <laughs> fucking kindergarten crayon animation. <laughs> yeah. And it's so shitty looking. And it's, like, that's the whole thing about plastic surgery is, like, we're trying to make things perfect. But the animation is, like, decidedly not perfect. It's the most, like, right. fucking base level <laughs> fucking primal shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was even the beatnik kind of dating itself, yeah. I guess. But it was like, and he, it goes into like these little chicks that are running around, and it, I was kind of thinking, like, okay, like they're just like childish naivete is kind of what I was seeing. Yeah, it represent like they're well with that one. They're definitely doing a West Side Story thing. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've seen West Side Story. I'm not familiar with that, but one. West Side I... Story is a musical from Broadway mm-hmm. that they made into a movie in the 50s, and right. it's basically Romeo and Juliet set uh, with two street gangs, um, fucking sharks and the Jets, I think, mm-hmm. and they, um, it was parodied in or used or referenced in the Michael Jackson Beat It video. Which was mm. then redone. That I'm more familiar with. Redone with the Weird Al Eat It video. Which I'm very familiar which with. Which you're very familiar <laughs> with. Um, which I assumed you were very familiar with. Which is why I led to that. <laughs> yeah. um, so the two to two street gangs and they're like, in West Side Story, they're all snapping. <laughs> when they're like coming at each other with knives and stuff. So it's like this weird sort of uh, subversion of, of hmm. violence. Um, I haven't seen that movie in like since I was probably ten or eleven or something. So yeah. it's a that, little that hazy. Might be where uh, he gets the beatnik connection to it. And yeah, the, well, the, the snapping of the fingers. The drawing kinda. looked like West Side Story, kind of the guys mm. in that movie, the way they were dressed and stuff. And then it goes into the chicks, and they're kind of they were mult. There were two different colored chicks like coming at yeah, each other yeah. and like doing this little like dance sort of thing. And I think they were snapping. Um, I don't know that chicks can snap, but they were might have just been a sound effect doing going them on little the, wings. Yeah, <laughs> they were. It was kind of like, and I was just seeing this as like, well, why are they? Why are they chicks? Because I mean, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure if this came before or after the boxer, but the boxer. Uh, I don't like, remember. The boxer turns into an elephant, and it's right. kind of like because he's this big, huge, strong dude. Like the yeah. elephant makes sense for that, and so I'm thinking like, well, what was he drawing this connection to the chicks for? And I was kind of thinking like this. Was he trying to try and say, and this was like uh, that the things they're tackling are just kind of childish or naive, or they're just yeah. not. And the, and then I think at the end, like the chicks all run and like scamper and hide, like when a real problem shows up and they they just can't deal with it. Yeah. And and I'm not familiar enough with the beatniks to really uh, connect where that might be going, but that's just yeah. like this thread that I was thinking. That makes be, sense, uh, and that's there. that's what I feel. I I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, like, just going off of like the West Side Story thing, they were young, and like young kids or chicks or whatever are not. They don't know. Like their worldview is very small, right? So they're not. So they're, they're, they're thinking taking, of these things and taking things too seriously. Yeah, they're, and, they're taking these things seriously that right, are not and it's actually really like serious. And when something serious does come along, they're, it, yeah, they're it, like, "What the fuck? Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> this is a real deal." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought with the 
Well, I don't want to. I, I don't want to spoil anything yet, because <laughs> I I thought of why like they went to elephants and because the boxer guy is a, a drawing of a dude and it's clearly looks right, like it, it right. can be animated and I was excited like oh this looks like it's gonna be dope and then it goes into this very like Dumbo inspired elephants mm-hmm. very lavishly uh, animated. Um, with fucking trunks and shit falling off and yeah. fighting and stuff. And um, there's kind of that with the beatnik too, where it's like he just he's look he's a clearly not yeah. a chick in the painting, right? And it looks like you could totally animate that, yeah. And then it goes into something completely different. Um, I don't remember if there's any other paintings that we wanted to talk about. Um, there was the grasshopper with the. Uh, they show they show the guy in the painting, and it's they say the gardener of the artificial landscape. Oh yeah, 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 that one, that one was good. And it doesn't actually focus on the gardener, it, right? It it's... focuses on this grasshopper, who's like the he's caught in this artificial world where he's like trying to find a fucking flower or whatever to hang out be a fucking grasshopper but he can't everything is artificial right and uh yeah that one's very i enjoyed that one quite a bit yeah and again that one again goes back to his themes of loving life yeah and not this this artificial sterile world that has nothing in it yeah and like the guy the the gardener is fake right everything is fake and and not real and and the gardener at the end comes and fucking like there's a real flower that like had grown in there and he just like rips it off and fucking cuts the petals to be however he thinks they should be or whatever right and right. then like fucking plops it back on there and it's just like ah you need you know nature deserves respect right and you know all these the fucking grasshoppers dying out and shit you know mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, even the water is fake. <laughs> yeah, like, everything is just fake. It's just, and people are coming to marvel at this fake thing when they could be, like, there's a real nature out there that they could be marveling at, you know? Yeah, and so, then you get to the end of it, where there's that arc. Yeah, I love and there's, the there's the, the whole Greek dudes. Or... Greek dudes propping up the... The arc, the arch, whatever. It, it kind of felt like what, with all these these paintings of these people who were in some way horrible or like just like the gardener, like obliviously trampling yeah. things around them. And they're going on to like the gates of heaven through this They were arch. all going to heaven, yeah. And you've got these these big, bold Greek dudes holding up the statue, yeah. or held, holding up this arc. And like they try and leave and go into heaven, and the whole thing starts collapsing. Right, and it's like these guys are getting in on the shoulders of actual great people, and they're being painted as if they are these great people when they're actually contributing nothing, but they're the ones that history remembers. Okay, and the actual people who are really holding things together never get to go on to that glory, and they're. Because if they try, they wind up abandoning that uh, the structure itself. Okay, I took it a little bit differently. Oh, well, then I'd like to hear how um, you took it. To me, the whole thing was all about the importance of art to mm. humanity, <laughs> and so 
I saw it as like when we get to that part, the people and things that we had seen along with a bunch of other things are all, you know, bouncing to heaven. Right. I think all the other things were just pictures they hadn't zoomed in on. I believe so, but like, I, I know didn't some remember. of them at least were. Some yeah. of them I recognized, but but like the oh, that was the other thing. There was the one of the soldiers. Yeah, the soldiers one and, was pretty. And what I liked about it was, for a good portion of that before they like showed actual soldiers mm-hmm. it was just fucking explosions and like random shapes right. and all this fucking dehumanized imagery mm-hmm. and, and it just like because it's fucking war is war is so dehumanizing and so right. like, to represent it as these things that's just like fucking shapes and then eventually it's slowly like the the weird shape becomes a tank and then it eventually mm-hmm. comes down to people and stuff um but anyway <laughs> what i saw it as is like all these people are going to heaven so i saw the the going to heaven like you were saying they're 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 receiving the glory they are i saw all of that as being like they're the things that are being remembered they are the art the thing that that was put down by the people the people are moving on and dying and whatever, going to heaven. But the art itself remains. Mm. And so throughout the movie, you are at the exhibition looking at these paintings. And so uh, you're looking at the painting of the journalist and you're thinking about all this stuff. And then you're looking at the painting of the boxer. But art is up for interpretation so maybe it makes you think about elephants or what like mm-hmm. art is is isn't like it's not confined to just what the artist put down on the canvas or the movie or whatever like it can make you think of whatever and mm. and that's a valid sort of response yeah um and so I saw like art as being this very important thing that like will survive past your your lifetime and then i saw the representations of those greek guys like holding up the the arch mm-hmm. as being like um like art's importance has to be um propped up because it's one of these things that like in when they cut from schools or mm. or whatever it's like the least important thing like music and art and all these things are seen as not important but if you abandon art if you if you everybody goes to heaven and dies or whatever if everybody's gone mm-hmm. the art will remain like the the arch will remain the thing will be there but it will decay without like the people and the memories and the like the art will exist but it won't be the thing that it was without people looking at it and engaging right. with it hmm. so they had to go back and prop that shit back up <laughs> <laughs> so 
that's where I took because art is very important to me, obviously. Right. Right. So um, that's what I uh, that's what I took from it. All right. <laughs> So, <laughs> multiple ways you can uh, yeah, interpret I mean, this, which which is art. This yeah. is this is the way, yeah. This art, fucking uh, like the. I probably mentioned it. I know I talked. I yeah. mentioned it to you, but I don't know if it was on a podcast. But the Freddie Mercury quote: "If yeah. you see it, it is there." Yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that is there in right. the, in this collection. Right, and it, it's 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 what you bring to it too is there. Yeah. It's the, definitely it's yeah. the whole thing. It's um. It's fucking art, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. It's called The Genesis from 1968. Well, this this one was kind of interesting. This one was very interesting. And like at first it's like it's clearly kind of quoting the Bible. And yeah. at first it was like, okay, I don't think those quotes are quite right. Well, yeah, I, I grew a... up in a very Christian environment. Okay. Was, so those lines are somewhat familiar to me i was like i don't think they're quite phrased that way is that just the translation and then as as it gets on it gets further and further away from right. the actual biblical narrative it's a it's a clear like <laughs> subversion of that right and so and so i'm like okay so maybe it was just all along just this distinction and then it, then it just completely goes off the rails with the uh the uh, swapping of genders and, yeah. and situations. And now, it's like, whoa, okay, now this is going weird. In reference to the subtitles, <laughs> there is a missing subtitle. Oh. And through some searching, I was able to figure out what it says hmm. because other people had uh, oh, seen it with it full subtitles or, or mm. figured it out or something. But anyway, the movie opens and it shows fucking director tezuka and all this stuff and then mm -hmm. there's a subtitle there's a, there's a inner title and a, with this the sub that says directed by john houston john houston is a very uh famous classic director hmm. um i do remember that now and then the next inner title has some japanese but no subtitle Mm, yeah, there there were a couple of points there where I was thinking that credits weren't being translated yeah. to the, and I was like, oh, I, and I was just like, oh, those are probably just like more minor roles that they just didn't bother telling us. Yeah, and I don't know why specifically John Houston was chosen as this joke, <laughs> but because um, it's been a while since I've like really been on the, my John Houston, but um, he. Anyway, it says this is directed by John Houston, and then the next, the next inner title, which is not translated, says this is not true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I missed out on that significant fact. Yeah, well, I I found it after the fact, so yeah. I I was just completely like direct John Houston. What? <laughs> see, Wait, see, huh? I I would I'm not familiar with John Houston, so that didn't throw me for a little i'm just like oh some dude that's right. interesting well all right <laughs> like, <laughs> you're probably familiar with his movies like just in a vague sort of oh i've heard of that like mm. treasure of sierra madre mm. and fucking what else did he make now i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my, i can't remember anything my john either. houston cred is, is is waning i don't remember fucking maltese falcon i no, think okay um fuck i can't think of anything else uh anyway He's probably, I'm sure he was chosen for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Um, I liked that they swapped the genders with uh, 
with uh, Eve and Adam. Right. <laughs> because Mostly because Adam was created from a breast, and then he's a little, like, boob. <laughs> like, he's a little boob dude. <laughs> I got a good laugh out of that. Yeah. And... Especially because, like, guys are kind of boobs. They're kind of like doofuses and shit so it's like yeah. ah because like boob is a pun for like a dork right right <laughs> i enjoyed that yeah that was that was a rather goofy one and yeah it just it just ends with like god being like well that didn't work out let's try it the other way <laughs> right it was <laughs> I, don't, I was gonna think oh i don't know that it worked out any better but all right right and and i like that well i'm not I grew up also uh, in a religious setting, but I'm not. I, I have uh, s- <laughs> seen the light, and I'm no longer religious. Um, I don't want to put that on you if you <laughs> if well, you want to declare yourself <laughs> non-religious. I don't want to like. No, I'm pretty non-religious <laughs> at this point. Uh, I... But anyway, I I liked the fact that that he was calling into question the omnipotence and like the uh, the great power of god to just create this world in in the way that the bible says like he did it and it was fucking great <laughs> like tezuka is showing like well maybe he tried and he fucked up <laughs> like you know like who f- fucking who knows <laughs> So I enjoyed that, just as a little, yeah. like, fuck you to religion. <laughs> um, I don't know uh, Tezuka's religion, but uh, I would guess I, that he's Buddhist, because he does a lot of Buddhist things. You know, that, that might be. I've never really heard specifically about his religion. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so. I know he is very uh, scientific-minded yeah. in a way that he was a doctor, like oh, an okay. actual actual doctor oh yeah because he did the blackjack thing and right you were, right you and he, he never that. practiced but but it was like so i know that but that that training that education was definitely a huge influence right right on on how he approached things and and science and religion are generally two things that right, do not mix right so i'm uh, so i'm kind of <laughs> thinking maybe he was a bit less religious than right but at the same time, in Japan, and I think in a lot of uh, more Asian areas, yeah. religions are not as incompatible as we think of them in the West. That, Yeah, that, no, definitely. In Japan especially, uh, there's a lot of blending of things where, where they will have Buddhist ceremonies, they'll have Shinto ceremonies, yeah. they'll have Christian ceremonies and stuff. And, and somebody will do all of these things. And they aren't necessarily picking one religion over the other. Right. America's very competitive and like fucking like Christians hate Protestants. And it's like a fucking football match where everybody's right, right. like fighting and it's like a, and, yeah. and, and down to the point where Christians will be fighting Christians right. to yeah. over very minor theological right, differences. Right. Which no, there's there's which is what set me off of religion in the first place. It yeah. Was, was just the fact that if if you're going to argue over this little tiny detail like how can you even say that anyone is right in this argument right, how it's can all you really bullshit, like, yeah. yeah there's there's no way to <laughs> be certain of anything if it's down to that nitpicky level yeah and, i mean it's all beliefs so you can't yeah. like say yo well your belief is wrong <laughs> well, like, okay yeah it was it was just that level of argument that goes on and it kind of just right. made me go this, this can't be right if 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 one of them were truly right 
yeah. then we would know it and not have this argument. One would be obviously the right one. And right. There's no way to like really think about it like <laughs> deeply and like really get down on it and not come to some kind of conclusion that it's bullshit. Yeah. I think. Yeah. There, there's there's theologians who really get down on it and they're uh, invested, but. Yeah, I I wonder. Um, I mean, at some level, they have to <laughs> know that it's a fucking it's a farce. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but anyway. not to get too much into the controversy of religion. Uh, fuck it, I don't give a shit. <laughs> fuck religion. <laughs> I'm a I, I'm I uh, I'm not into it. You know. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Bill Maher, and I and I love the. Uh, have you seen his movie that he put out oh, no. a few years oh, ago? Religious. Yeah. Oh, I think I have heard of that. Yeah, it came out in uh, the theaters. I saw it in the theaters to support it. It was. Uh, it's it's a good movie. Yeah. I I don't remember like really what he does, but I know he goes around and talks to different religious people mm. around the world and various religions, and then basically right. says like, "See, it's bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm a big fan of his anyway, so. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, to less controversial subjects, <laughs> such as Jumping, the movie to uh, from 1984. Yeah, so the movie's called Jumping. We are jumping from 68 to 84. All right, that looks... Um, jumping... I had a lot of fun with this one. I fucking loved this yeah, one. Yeah. Was, this is a really good one. Like like at first I'm just like, okay, like where's where's the concept going? And then they jump over the car and yeah. then I was, that I was shit, just that scared the <laughs> fuck out of me that when they cuz they just like he's just bah, 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 it's like fucking birds chirping and he's just he does a little jump and then all of a sudden like this fucking car <laughs> and he jumps. So it's like, oh shit. And it happens within just a few frames of animation, so it's real fast. Right. And it fucking got me. <laughs> I got scared. <laughs> and I was sitting there laughing and I, I thought the whole thing was just going to be him like jumping and avoiding weird obstacles like that. And then it just kind of right. keeps. And it just keeps it, going. It just escalates into absurdity. Yeah. And each jump gets a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a yeah. little bit higher. And each time he comes down, you get a fucking a good gag. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was, it was some good stuff in there. Yeah. And, it was a good one. Um, Animation wise, it was really cool looking too. It was like. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a style of animation where right. like everything is purposefully drawn. Um, like each line is, they don't make it a per a point to like keep the lines the same. So mm -hmm. like every line is fucking a little squiggly, mm -hmm. like in the animation. Right, right. There's probably a name for that, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Do you are you familiar with? Um, that? I don't know of any name for that as a technique. And the only other ones I could think of are like um, the watercolored anime that Ghibli has done on occasion. Oh, Shibuya. Um, yeah, like um, like the my neighbors, the Yamadas, I think were. Oh, done. that's like that too. They okay. were animated with, um, but they were like watercolors. Um, oh, okay. The Tale of Princess Kaguya is yeah. <clears throat> the other one they did that. Um, they didn't use the traditional line art, yeah, and so it doesn't wind up 
match and it's not even possible with right, those right. techniques to well that's match what's it cool up. about that because you see you see the fucking strokes and you see yeah, yeah. the lines and you see the, <coughs> the beautiful fucking humanity of, of, of line art and drawing and hand yeah, drawn animation. yeah it's 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 definitely interesting in that area. and those are really the only two movies i can think of yeah that have been less uh specific in that way i mean there's certain things like, like airbrush techniques that can be used i know uh, the Batman animated series from the 90s. Okay. Like, I I remember at some point uh, watching something of it where the directors or those, or maybe not the directors, but somebody on the creative staff of it was yeah. talking about Mr. Freeze. Okay. And how they had done him. Freeze. <laughs> a, a decidedly non-Arnold Mr. Freeze. See, that's, that's some bullshit, man. I want Ar- if I want Mr. Freeze, I want some fucking Arnold saying <laughs> some dumbass puns, you know? The Iceman cometh. <laughs> uh, but the, in in the animated series, they had um, this dome over his. He's got the dome over his head. Yeah, and they fog it with an airbrush. Okay, but they got to do that every frame, and it's never going to come out exactly That's, the same. Yeah, okay. And they were talking about because at least in the first season or two of that series, it was shipped out to Japan to be animated. Okay, it was actually animated in japan it was all written and designed and storyboarded and all that in, in, yeah. in america but they uh hired a japanese animation to studio to do the actual japanese animation sweatshop to yeah. <laughs> pump it out and so they were they were looking at there were a couple of points where they were like yeah it's like this could have turned out so shitty but they did like such a really good job with it that you don't yeah. really notice it in those mr freeze scenes unless you're like really paying attention to it i feel like that would still look cool if it if it changed though like yeah, well, it probably know. would, but it would be very like jerky and jittery. Like, oh. very, it would it would look like a glitched out old like Atari game or something. Oh, where okay. It would be like well, d- d- maybe like, yeah. It, it would it would come across very jarring if it had been. I guess because it would just be different, 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 different on top of each other. Right, and they'd be going of, by so if every frame. Yeah, would be... I imagined it more like like airbrush, like <laughs> like more like a mist sort of a thing, like. And yeah, it it kind of wouldn't yeah. wind up being that way very right, well. No. But when I actually think about it and say, yeah. get out of my dream head. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if you could make it like that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and just the way animation works, it wouldn't. But So jumping, I didn't really notice that particularly in jumping, but there is a, a different, it's definitely a different art style than yeah. in any of this other animation stuff. and. It was actually, if anything, it was reminding me of some comic books I've seen oh, okay. with art styled like that. But obviously it's not animated, so it yeah. doesn't carry that. But it kind of feels like uh, something you'd get in, in, a com- in a comic book rather than mm. animation. Okay. At least it felt that way to me. Yeah, that- I didn't get that, but, uh, you know, it was. Uh, you're so not was- wrong. I'm not saying... <laughs> Yeah, I just yeah, I don't so, I don't know how to describe yeah, it. But yeah, yeah, visually it was a very distinct, really film. cool. Yeah. yeah, and just jumping and jumping and jumping all the way. I mean, you're when we when we say jumping, I mean we're talking like we're talking Superman fucking, jumping. Yeah, <laughs> Superman. Like everyone gets higher and higher up into fucking the stratosphere i mean it just right. keeps fucking going and like jumps over a helicopter at some point yeah yeah and there was one point where he kept jumping and hitting the same crow yeah it was like in the crow like in like the third or fourth where the crow is just like glaring at him like get the fuck off of me yeah man. right right like what the fuck 
Um, did you happen to see the uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO when he when he was jumping past the building? Oh, no, I didn't. I missed <laughs> that one. Uh. There's one where he's, like, jumping into the city, and I think when he goes back, or I don't know if it's a guy, I don't know who it is, but when they, they jump back up and it goes past the windows of the skyscraper, there's, like, a bunch of shit in all the windows, and one of them is this little, like, 3PO and R2-D2 looking out the window. Wow. Oh. I have to go um, back and check that out. Yeah, I just saw, like, a little flash. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? And then I went back and, like, freeze-framed it. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Because it's, like, just a little fucking drawing of them. Yeah. Um, and then, like... Like all of them, <laughs> goes to war. It he suddenly jumps, turns dark. He yeah. jumps and he keeps jumping, and then the the it goes into a war scene, <laughs> and he eventually uh, just keeps fucking jumping. I I kind of like where he's like he jumps into this war scene, and then it, like it's it, there's a couple of soldiers there, and the one just turns and immediately like shoots at him. And he yeah, jumps, and I'm thinking like if I'm a soldier and some dude just appears right next to, yeah i'd probably just shoot at it yeah, just like, instinctively like oh yeah. shit like like it just like yeah i'd probably do that just yeah. like oh god <laughs> well i mean what are you gonna do it's fucking war as hell man yeah some dude just appears behind you you know yeah and then although thinking about it i always thought it was a kid like jumping at the beginning I think it, there there's so, kind of like a little childish laughter there at the beginning. Yeah. I think that kind of said, yeah, it's, so it, I don't it know does kind of just just jumped in, I'd shoot him, but <laughs> <laughs> well, it is war, and <laughs> you never know. Yeah, they, they do some horrible things in war. Could be a kid with a bomb, you never know. <laughs> yeah, these days, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do. I did kind of get a child vibe from it because yeah. you know a child will jump around and be right, right. just buoyantly happy like that and and maybe not go off to war like that but you know <laughs> right um i don't know that i mean i don't know if we're avoiding spoilers but uh the ending was f- fucking great like <laughs> yeah the, the yeah. part before the ending like the where he jumps into yeah, i enjoyed they, they jump into the atomic bomb yes and then from the bomb uh, they he goes to hell yeah, <laughs> and the devils throw him back out. Right, and I and that was that was kind of like it, it was kind of weird because it was like, oh wow, that that was dark. <laughs> like, and then it like goes back to the beginning, and it just kind of loops, and now he's back at home where he's nice and happy. And right, and I it just sort of there's there's that Tezuka like dark and light simultaneously. Yeah, where it, and again, it's like this thing of this warning of of humanity. Like, if we lose sight of our our life and the things around us like we're gonna just fucking blow each other up and we're all gonna go to hell we're all dead we're yeah we're gonna fucking yeah. nuke everybody you know yeah, and he and talks about this one pretty specifically in that he interview does, he, he does the different uh interpretations people have had of it that were yeah. entertaining little asides i can't remember them specifically anymore but he seems like a fun guy. Like just that little interview, he's yeah. like so charming. And just like, <laughs> oh, I want to hang out with this guy. Yeah, I think like, I think in that one the audio was off. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like I do it was not matching that. his lips yeah. very well. Like I think I think, I think slowly, if I over time got worse. Yeah, yeah, I think if I actually knew Japanese, that would bug the shit out of me. Yeah, <laughs> um, the way it 
would bug the shit out of me when like I'm watching TV and the voices aren't synced to the right, right. The, the video. It's properly. always annoying. Yeah, because we we would have that occasionally before at my old house. We would. Oh. Because we would, I think what it was is we would have the audio hooked up to like the cable box, and the TV was playing just through actual cable right without like they were routed a bit differently, so they uh, weren't. It's a little t- bit faster. Yeah, so one Weird. was just like a second off, and it would just be like it was just. Oh man! So you'd have strange. to like switch the TV to a different setting and then sync them up better, and then and it was like. But when wow. it wasn't, it was like so distractingly awkward. It was just like ah, oh, Jesus, <laughs> but. Yeah, that's annoying. So it it seemed like that was going on here as well, as there was some it was yeah. poorly synced audio. I kind of just focused on the subtitles and yeah. I mean, there really wasn't any to need to to actually watch yeah. what was going on. It was but he just, just you know he, it was him sitting in a chair talking. There right, wasn't really right. anything to but visually. I don't know. He's so charming. I don't know. There's just like a like a. He was like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. He just seemed so warm and like nice. And <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like a good, like a good guy. And and I knew that he died like somewhere in the late eighties or early nineties or something. So yeah, yeah. It was, was like, damn, how old was he, yeah, he when he died? Because he, he doesn't, doesn't look, look that, that old. old. No, yeah. he does. He does not look like a super old guy there. But not this at all. Been towards the end of his life. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but. I don't know. It just made me sad. It was like, fuck, he died, and he he seemed so vital, you know? It's yeah. Like, it's like when Prince died. I was just like, fucking, like, no, but Prince fucking died? Like, he he's so full of life. How how does that die? Like, no, it can't be, you know? Right. This is fucking... And this guy gave me that, like, same kind of feeling. Right. And it kind of, like, because he, he's talking about art, in Japan, or at least art in anime. Right. And how he wanted to export it out and, like, the current people doing it, he was dissatisfied with. And so he he yeah. wanted to keep animating to keep his ideas of what art should be alive. and Right. And to, like, he's talking about showing the, the best qualities of Japanese right. animation. Like, let's really, you know, put something out there that's right. going to wow so, people. And, I, and so... I, was kind of looking at so this interview was 86 i'm thinking okay that's that's the same year aiko came out it's the same year ghibli first started putting out movies okay just a couple of years before akira yeah and so i was wondering so i'm sitting there wondering like what did he think of stuff going on after that yeah i wonder because he was talking about oh there's no artists in anime now and i'm thinking well ghibli was not around in that interview like they had just come out and in that yeah. like they wouldn't still, have been like, a force then nausicaa would have been out nausicaa would have been out and that's it really for them yeah, I mean, yeah. miyazaki would have done a few things before then but it's uh, still like nausicaa's pretty pretty dope and yeah. uh and so i'm i'm kind of wondering and i yeah. and i don't know that he would have loved project echo to an artistic degree but yeah <laughs> i don't know I don't um know. but you know, Akira wasn't out. Um, I'm kind of doubtful of Wings of Oniamis, which is another one that I would think of as a that's that's uh, Studio Gainax. That's their beginning okay. as as a studio. Yeah, they're a big thing. I've um, heard you talk about them. So there's there's a lot of these really big things that happened in anime very shortly after or right around the time of this interview. And yeah, and I'm and I was sitting there like I'm kind of curious what he would have thought. In a in a few years later, would he right. have still had that opinion of the industry, 
or would he have been like, oh, it's freaking worse than ever? <laughs> like, you know, what? Yeah, you never know. What I would mean, he have thought of it all as, and what what did he think of it all? And yeah, he's one of those types of guys, like these fucking the old sage on the the hermit yeah, on the hill and, with the fucking wisdom and yeah, like and, teach me, you know. <laughs> and at the same time, I feel like he had these very definite, like distinct ideas of what art should be doing. He did, but and, but just judging from the movies, I mean, he wasn't like locked into any aesthetic thing he like right he right. had an idea about like it should serve a purpose it should you know entertain it should be all of these things right right so i don't know like how hard-lined other than just like those basic like components right, you know? right. it was it was kind of a weird one because he the actual things he was saying did seem very hard-lined like yeah. oh, all of these guys were just doing stuff that's that's crap is like right you know, yeah like i, I Name some names, man. Come on, <laughs> I'm I'm curious of what what he yeah I mean, specifically he, was. He thinking named a of. couple of of actual of creators. Oh, he did. Okay, but I'm not, I he didn't name the actual works that they made. Yeah. so I wasn't like. But just did you know connecting. those guys? Um, not not specifically. I'm oh, okay. not familiar with the name, so I'm not sure what they were doing or we what. Got to look making. up these yeah. guys and their shitty work. <laughs> yeah, find out who they are. Um, what what stuff they've done? Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, so I'm kind of, I was just kind of curious how he would take uh, anime today or right. or any time since then, what what he would think of it afterwards, because he definitely had these opinions on yeah. it that were very strong. Opinions and, uh, yeah, good ones, like something that you can, like, wow, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. That's a, that's yeah, a, that's yeah. a way yeah, to look at it. Yeah, he was definitely um, kind of predicting CG and the way CG would go yeah, he and was talking about things that. like that, so... <clears throat> one um yeah something else are we even on anymore i don't even remember we're talking about jumping jumping yeah but uh you know we jumped off yeah jumped off into the the rails (laughs) into something else uh so you want to go to the next one yeah yeah. i got five so jeez i'll burn through these uh the next one is broken down film 1985 and this one was very fun. I enjoyed this one yeah, this was quite a bit. As a lover of film, and specifically film projection, right. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And you kind of like older like cartoon stuff like that. I do. I like, like uh, yeah, I like the old, old... Definitely an homage to the old silent uh, era cartoons. Yeah. And, and just silent movies in general, like westerns were a big thing in the right, silent era right. and stuff like that. And it was... It was playing with the uh, <clears throat> the older film kind of stuff, but playing with it in a way that these old comedy cartoons would play with other concepts. And yeah, uh, what I liked about it is this: that it like it engaged all the like glorious fuck ups that film could have, like <laughs> right. in a projection. It nothing burned. That was I thought the end. It was gonna fucking burn away, uh, but they didn't do that. But everything else, like all the scratches and mm-hmm. like the fucking the pushing of the frames because if you miss frame right. the projection it gets like that and fucking the the colored lines <laughs> and that are a different kind of scratch and i don't know all that shit is just like ah uh, i just loved it <laughs> i don't know i just and like and i kept thinking about like how the fuck would you animate like <laughs> yeah 
because there's like all this dust and then oh and the the hair at the projector that comes up and he's like pulling it out <laughs> oh man yeah like i i was just i enjoyed it quite a bit um yeah it was uh it was just tons of fun and it was just, a lot of fun it was just a lot of fun. having fun with all that i loved when he took out the umbrella to yeah <laughs> yeah so just... like <laughs> and there was another part where he like <clears throat> wiped the face of the girls yeah, so and like could so he could on. see the fuck was going on but like get rid of the scratches and stuff yeah <laughs> that was so great um i saw it as a as a love letter to the film medium as you might um but also like as a love to the the chaos <laughs> like the just the fucking the shit that happens in life yeah, like a... it like a perfect digital image uh, this is before digital but right. but like a perfect digital image that's always the same like it's kind of it's cold it's whatever it's who gives a shit but like yeah. the the beauty of film is that it's it's a living thing and like with each projection it changes the same print like it'll get a scratch or it'll get fucking discolored or whatever it's like Mm -hmm. it's a thing it's so like so i just love that embracing of uh just life once again you know that's his thing so yeah that's uh that was a good one i love it yeah nice and fun super fun um the next one was called push from oh, 1987. This one, yeah, that one was a. That one was kind of a. <clears throat> again, going back to what you were saying in the Genesis one of God being this omnipotent yeah. thing that can do anything. Right. Uh, and he, he, you know, he eventually gets to God. Like, why can't you fix the world? Like, right, why right. can't you give us a new world that's that's perfect and not <laughs> <laughs> like you can do anything, right? Then yeah. why, why don't we have this world that is better and. And at the same time, kind of throwing in this uh, allegory of uh, kind of, I think, of nuclear warfare, certainly. Yeah. Very common allegory in anime. Yeah, the nukes. I mean, yeah. It kind of pans around. The whole place is just this crater-filled waste. Right, right. And it's it's like, why can't we have a new world? Yeah, because y'all fucked it up. (laughs) It's like you already hit, you already pushed the button. Right. And it kind of like. You pushed the wrong button, he says. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it it suddenly that whole theme made sense of and I don't right. know if this is in in Japanese but certainly in English we have that phrase if you push the right, button right right you know it's and that's a very specifically nuclear reference of right. just to push the button right and and he spends this whole time you know, going through and pushing these buttons to get this new shiny special yeah refurbished world. And just, like, the consumerism of that, too, where it's just right. people are just fucking, like, he's got all those, he has, like, a fucking bag of dead animals yeah, and shit in his like trunk. <laughs> he just throws vending. them in this thing. And I, I love how the vending machine had a slot for yeah. like it. Was, it was just, like, had this little picture of a, a dead like animal, a dead like, animal. This, insert dead animals here. <laughs> it's like... It's just this fucking disposable culture, especially now. I mean, in the 80s, it was rising. Right. And, and obviously concerning Tezuka, but, like, now it's so yeah, now it's fucking even more, crazy. Right. Like, there's, a there's like, a off the coast of California, 
there's like a fucking island of trash. Right, right. It's that's like, just fucking. It's huge. It's like as big as Texas or some shit. I yeah. Heard. I mean, it's practically. It's basically a continent. It's fucking nut. Like just of trash. Yeah. It's what just, the fuck? It's just ocean currents oh have just clumped it all together, and it's nuts. So I just heard. I, I kind of want to go there and just like claim it as a new <laughs> country. Like this, I, I own this land now. Steven land, like <laughs> land in quotation marks. Oh. Man. But it's just like claim it and just turn it into a country and just like there you go. I have a country made out of trash. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's the fucking world we live in. Uh, There's a comedian, Bill Burr. He said he was talking about the 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 island of trash, um, and he was saying like everything that you've ever had in your life still exists <laughs> unless it got burned up or something like that. Like. The fucking toy you had when you were two and you chewed on the shit and it got thrown out. Like, it's still out there somewhere. <laughs> everything that's being made, right. and, like, everything fucking exists still. And just the the mind-boggling, uh, like, thought of just, like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's all still out there and we're still, like, pumping out more and more shit to buy. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fucking consumerism is just... Ugh. Yeah, there's a Neil Young song called "The Restless Consumer." <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um. Anything else? Uh, Push. No. I think that's. Uh, I think we've gotten that one pretty Push well. Push the next one. Uh, yeah. The next Gotta one. Get through these. Muromasa. Ah, 1987. Oh yeah, oh, this one was so good. I enjoyed this one. This one was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. On the surface, if I just looked at like a still image of all of them, I would have thought like, "Ooh, I'll enjoy this samurai one," <laughs> and I w- would say that I enjoyed this the least out of all of them. Oh wow, okay, uh, which was surprising to me. Yeah, because this one I I had a blast with. It's good though. No, I mean I liked yeah. it. It's, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it's still allegorical in a sense, but yeah. it's, it's not quite as broad-reaching. Well, I, I, I enjoyed guess. it more when I looked up Muramasa. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there is kind of this. I mean, there is. He is uh, a swordsmith. Yes, a, a historical swordsmith. Yes. that and the the word pops up a lot, especially in in video games. I would There's imagine, always a sword yeah. called the Muramasa. Yeah, and it's all it's and it's reference. It's not the name of the sword. It's that it was forged by Muramasa. Yeah. And that he was just such a fucking good swordsmith that he, the ultimate sword is going to be made by him. And yeah. Well, there's a, like a legend or something with the, the Muramasa blades where they were so bloodthirsty. Right, <laughs> that right. If you, if you unsheathed some, it, you had, had to, to draw, draw blood, blood with yeah. it before you, you put it away. Yeah, and there's... There's that crops up in anime from time to time references yeah, I would imagine, to that, so, that yeah. legend and stuff. Um, so yeah, this is uh, basically a, a retelling of that concept. And yeah, that idea. And so when it came around the end, <laughs> and like I saw the the the, the, the circle of the right, curse or whatever, right. then I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'm gonna have to like watch this one again, and then I'll, I'm sure I'll enjoy it more. Right. I mean, I enjoyed it, but and and I loved the like the like skeleton samurai that was like giving him this helmet yeah. and stuff. Like that dude was just so freaking that shit was awesome. Yeah. He was badass. I was yeah. just like, oh, that guy is cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's a little, yeah. it's basic, a little samurai thing. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good old uh, haunted, yeah, uh, samurai kind of story. A good haunted samurai tale. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah, which reminds me of, have you seen the Japanese movie Onibaba? Um, no, no, I don't think I have. I think I threw that on my Netflix list, and it's 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 good. It's good. It's sixties. I watched it because I like horror movies and I like Japanese stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I really watched it because I I read an interview with Clive Barker, and he was saying they were asking him like, "What are your like? What are a few horror movies that really like influenced your style?" And he's like, "Before like anything else, like Onibaba." is such like a influential movie to me and i thought fuck i gotta see this movie oh yeah and then i saw it and it was like okay i i can see it i get it like this is like there is a clive barker element like he has definitely like yeah there was some some of this into his work there was some anime i saw not too long ago and i can't quite remember what it was i think it was it was some weird one i don't think i reviewed it or anything but it was kind of it was another like samurai horror story kind of thing where there was this like haunted like there was this samurai battle and like this whole family had gotten wiped out and their ghosts were like haunting this dude at a temple and it was kind of cool yeah it was kind of it kind of had a similar vibe to this story here Uh it was a movie um i think I'm trying to remember where the hell I saw it. What what it was? I think it was uh, this classics of Japanese literature animated thing. Oh, okay. It was like some weird. I think that's where it was in. It was, it was hmm. so it was like this anthology of like uh, Japanese literature stories that had just been animated for the sake of animating classic literature, and it was this kind of horror story of a. Uh, <laughs> All right. This monk, I think he was a blind monk. Blind monk. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what he was blind, so he couldn't tell they were zombies or ghosts uh-huh. or whatever okay. talking to him. He okay. just heard these voices asking him to do things, and yeah. he just thought they were people. And turns out they were these undead ghosts oh, of uh, this horror that had that been sounds... created in this horrid battle, and they were. Huh. It sounds kind of familiar. Like not that I've seen that animation, but maybe I've yeah. seen the the. The legend and something else, some other form. Maybe because that is, of course, an animated Japanese classic. So yeah, you were theoretically this story is a classic uh, of Japanese literature that would quite possibly have been uh, adapted somewhere else by someone else. Whatever it is, maybe maybe I saw it. (laughs) Maybe you saw some version of it. Whatever it is, I don't know. Yeah. So, (laughs) but yeah, it kind of has this vibe of uh, traditional like samurai horror stories that yeah sounds good that are out there so thanks i like a good ghost story yeah um i guess we'll move on the next yeah. one yeah next one is legend of the forest 1987 and that was another one of the longer ones half an yeah. hour yeah that was uh i guess his the the biggest the big one his big uh yeah you were talking about that he was talking about it in the uh yeah, the interview was talking the about thing. what I assume was what became this film. Right. And this one was very fascinating just uh, as a lover of animation. That Yeah, it goes through a lot of styles. Yeah, it uh, is recounting the history of animation, basically. Okay. From non-animation, it starts yeah, off with just, just these still images yeah. that are like engravings to... But still then, telling a story. Right. 
and then it kind of goes to these like early thing like it has that circle where the squirrel is running and there's like all around in it yeah and that's like a very very early device that they would do like in, right, in the, the actual little... device they would basically put a plate over it that has a little window so you're only yeah. seeing one of the little squirrel and it's just a circle that spins yeah, and they have like the horse that's like running and galloping yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there's others that'll have like yeah. dancers doing yeah, a yeah. dance and stuff. And so they've I had. I forget what that's called, but I yeah, used to know. The, yeah, I don't know what the technical word is like, for it, but yeah, the, but, it was one of those pre-film yeah. animation things. And so, and then it just goes from there into like these early Disney cartoon styles and Fleischer styles and different kind of things up to more modern for the time and or contemporary yeah. time period yeah. animation. And it was very fascinating. Like every time the story kind of turned, every like point that the a plot point went by, yeah, was, like every there was a big thing, and every time something big happened, like the animation it just would changed. change. Yeah. yeah, I think I wrote it down as like every time the squirrel has like an awakening, <laughs> an awakening. Shit. <laughs> that would actually be interesting to tie into a uh, old Buddhist thing of all the chakras and. Yeah, uh, maybe chart it in that path. Of well, going through chakras, that like would be the, an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I don't know enough about that to really even talk about it. Yeah, I, I, I would. That would. That's something that would require some research to actually definitely. I mean, look into it. But I don't mind talking about whatever without research. But <laughs> right with that, I'm. I don't but know. That, that's just an idea you've sparked here in yeah, my head like right. 10 seconds ago oh maybe i could like <laughs> chart it by a chakra and just with the awakening but what i was thinking is like the squirrel is the main character for most of the thing and like when he's a baby squirrel it's right. it's just like no animation so mm. his awareness is nothing like he doesn't perceive anything mm. and then like yeah. each time he like gain some more understanding of the world it gets more it, and more details his perception of the world yeah and, and so then like when he first encounters man is when it becomes color and mm-hmm. then like when he be he like falls in love with the other squirrel it becomes more like lush like a classic disney animation right so i don't know i just really enjoyed kind of cracking the code <laughs> right right and i think that's a code you could crack in many different ways oh sure for de- for and, yeah for sure <clears throat> like any, and it well not any code but <laughs> artistic code you know yeah and it kind of surprised me that he kind of he's no longer the main character there at the end like he just yeah i wanted just, to see him like, i wanted and, to see him again but he didn't show up he was gone yeah he, he took off it went into uh a more fantasy way with yeah, uh, and that kind of surprises me too. That like it's because it's, it's very I wouldn't say realistic, but it's no, but it's still dealing with like real issues. Yeah, it's, it's, and yeah, it's it's very down to earth in a way. Yeah, as, like, as much as you have this kind of uh, squirrel with a personality and animated in a way that's right. very goofy, but it's still cartoony, like but deforestation and yeah, nothing that's know. really happening in there is beyond uh, normal events. Like, right, right, right. Even if they're animated in a very goofy way, or if the squirrel has a personality that's more, uh, yeah, it's a little like personified, self-aware but, than, yeah. but, but it's still basically, uh, yeah, it's basically just the the basic world, the normal yeah. world, nothing supernatural or anything. And then suddenly there's like forest spirits and yeah, and fawns and fairies and all this crap running around. I'm like, oh, whoa, where did all this come from? 
Yeah. I mean, I guess you have the tree that has a face in it, and that was there it from does. the beginning. It but does. it never really did anything. It didn't. It just no. looked like a face. It did. It did seem to purposefully drop that sap at that one right, part though. right but at the same time you can look at that and be like well it's not supernatural it's right just, yeah you know. it, that i i saw it as like oh the tree's helping him out right and that's clearly the in, kind of the intent of it right but, at but the it same can time, also be yeah in a physical sense yeah. you can see that as not being supernatural right right in a way that once you've got these fairies and centaurs and Little yeah. magical glowing people. It's like, was there any <clears throat> like just regular animals during that part? Because I, I feel don't like think there so was. I think they were just there. They were all uh, fairies at that yeah. point, little gnomes. Because I'm things. thinking now, like, I wanted to see the squirrel, and I was mostly thinking, like, oh, where's the squirrel? <laughs> but I'm thinking now, like, maybe the deforestation had had gotten to the point where just the animals fucking couldn't exist, so they just yeah, died. They, just, they weren't anymore, and yeah. so like. The, the remaining forest was just like the the spirits of the forest and all these other things that are beyond just normal yeah. life so they're still around even though the shit's fucked up and watching that that interview with Tezuka yeah he went, when he's talking about animation and that there, there was a line he said in there that kind of gave me a different interpretation on this okay because um, he says at some point that that science fiction and fantasy are a lot more mainstream now than they were when he had started in this. Yeah. And so it's suddenly struggling because this is kind of chronologically going through the order of animation. Yeah. That he hits this point in modern animation where now all of this fantasy and sci-fi is now mainstream. And so that becomes the focus of this film because it's charting the course of animation over history okay yeah and so in these earlier things where it's uh, not dealing with yeah. those and then suddenly when it becomes this normal uh, aspect now he's animating these things into it uh, so i was like oh maybe that's uh what, what that, he was yeah, trying to do with it i think it. you're onto something there just just a maybe yeah. the 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 course of animation doesn't stop because I pretty much like stopped thinking about that when it hit, like the squirrel was gone. Right. I didn't really consider the rest of it. I just like, oh, okay, we're on the next thing. Yeah. But yeah, but, yeah. But it's still it's still changing animation styles. Yeah, over that. It, I, it did change, but I didn't like have I didn't have any like basis for what it changed to, so I couldn't come up with right, anything. Right, right. I like that. Yeah, I think so you're onto something uh, there. So that kind of struck me as why it, it shifted to this more fantasy approach. Yeah. And, and not that I'm ever unhappy to see fantasy crop up in a story. <laughs> right, so, right. Yeah. yeah, fantasy is always welcome. But it but it did throw me because like you, you know, I was like, well, where's the squirrel? Like, right, like, right. Like, well, I mean, we know where he is, but... <laughs> yeah, like we can't deal with, with these things in, in actual terms. Now we have to like see it through a fantasy lens or what like this is how we're going to get the message out or whatever right right and i and that's another uh like that's what i mean by tezuka just cutting from one thing to another thing yeah without a train like he doesn't bother with transition in some in a sense right and it's what? just like you don't need it shift I mean... this you know this massive shift in a, right. a story that he is very fond of that other storytellers don't really do 
Right. It's, it's but, a fairly unique aspect to him. But he's confident as an artist that right. like there's, there's no hesitation to it. Or yeah, it's it'll just, make this sense. This is how it works. And he, he's just, Whoa, okay. yeah, he's like, this is what it's what it's going on. This I'm the artist, and it's up to you to fucking <laughs> you know figure it out or whatever. So I like that. He's he's uh, he's confident. Yeah. So definitely uh, one that I'm gonna want to check out again someday. To yeah sink in more thoroughly what's going on yeah they're very enjoyable yeah all these things and we got the one last one last one it's called self-portrait from 1988 this is about what like 10 seconds or something it (laughs) is 15 seconds 13 seconds it was fun i was surprised by i didn't know how long it was going to be going into it because i don't think it really says on the back of the dvd box specifically 13 seconds okay does (laughs) wrong (laughs) wrong well it's not a big deal i guess i'm i'm just horrible at reading boxes how dare i but so i mean just it was popping up i'm like oh what's it gonna do with this and yeah and then it was just the short little thing but it was it was fun it was entertaining i think it's still meaningful though (laughs) like the slot machine aspect i feel like i didn't like look really at what each little line of of faces was right i don't think they were ever lined up so they definitely weren't until until it became tezuka yeah, because they're so there's the different pieces are of different faces, right? And so it, it that makes it very hard to pick out what individual ones there were. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't go through and look at it, but I don't know that you need to. Right. I feel like, like, it reminded me of this thing that Sam Fuller said. He based his whole book on it. He called he his his memoir is called um, a third face. Mm. And so in the book, he explains everybody's got three faces. Hmm. You've got uh, the first face that everybody sees, and this is how people know you and perceive you. The second face is how um, you, like, present yourself to, like, your family and familiar people where you're more relaxed than Mm -hmm. in, like, the public world or whatever right and then the third face is one that only you see inside yourself like the actual 100 percent unfiltered you mm. <laughs> that you don't ever 100 percent show to anybody so like everybody has these these three faces and so i saw the the slot machine thing of of tezuka and then eventually arriving at a full tezuka face as being like Mm. There's a lot behind the face. Like, it's not just, this is not just me. I am many things. Right. And right. that make me. Mm. So. Yeah. And then that's that's uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's uh I enjoyed it, though. I mean, just as a visual, it's really fun. Right, right. This little fucking mouth with the jackpot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoyable stuff. Yeah, yeah. And here it's coming up with this thing of like there's this random chance of whoever being born 
is being born in there. Like, it could have been any of these other people, right. but what you got was Tezuka. Right. And that that's the one that actually happened. Well, and it that's could have like, been yeah. any, it could have, he could have been born as any of these other people. Right. His life could have gone in any of a, another number of different directions, but this is the one that we got. Yeah. Life is a very, like, random sort of thing that all these, everything is like a series of random events that leads to this one thing. You know, like, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody's story is like, uh, an amazing series of events. It's like, wow! If that didn't happen, then this wouldn't have happened. And then this, and then this, right. like the whole world is all this like interconnected fucking thing. It's yeah. craziness. Yeah, and, and we got all of that out of thirteen seconds, right? Of, of, yeah. of animation. It's so. fucking yeah. That's <laughs> Tezuka. I mean, he's he's loading it up. Yeah. So, so. that is. The Astonishing Work of Tezuka Osamu. Am I saying it right? Osamu? Yeah. Osamu? Good enough. Osamu? Osamu. 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 Tezuka. I just like saying Tezuka. That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Tezuka. Um, so yeah, that, there, that was, was, there was one of them in the credits. I think it was the pictures at an exhibition where yeah. they spell his name very differently. Yeah, they, they left like, out a few letters. Yeah, it was like Osam Tezuk or some shit. Tez, yeah, it was like they left out the U's. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know um, what that was all about. I'm going to guess that was just because we've come to a pretty standardized um, romanization of of Japanese. Yes. And I'm guessing they were using a, a some different version that's just not standard anymore. Yeah, that's possible. And like I know even even like the Shaw brothers, it's mm-hmm. all basically the same people putting together the credits, but like you get Cheng Che spelled properly as we know it, C H E H as Che and then you mm-hmm. like C H E U H and then yeah. C-H-E, and it's a, like, it's the credits of the fucking movie. Like, they should know how to spell his name, but in I know in, like, the dialects of Chinese dictates different spellings of things, mm. but, um, like, Mandarin spells his name with a Z-H instead of a C-H. Mm. Um, so maybe, I don't know that there's dialects in, in Japanese like that, but... I don't think like that, but I mean, there's, I mean, there's certainly like accents and different accents. Yeah. But it's more like we have a Southern drawl or New Yorkers or whatever, you know, but they're just accents. They're not like a different dialect. dialect, And I guess you'd get into some like that, but uh, yeah. And it's, I'm I'm assuming that it's just some different way of spelling or or translating the name. Yeah. well, and it was alphabet. like the '60s, so I feel yeah. like the the globalization hadn't really happened. So right, so th- things when weren't shit would come over here. It'd be right. like, well. yeah, it, it just hadn't solidified into a standardized system. Yet, right, I right. think at that point, but because <clears throat> the the U sound in Japanese is very frequently like not really silent but devoiced. Oh, okay, and kind of an undertone to it. Huh, and. They may have been emph- emphasizing that by dropping the U's entirely from right. them, and just that might have just been a different way of doing that. That was that just never caught on. Yeah, but who knows? It, I did find it curious and and yeah, a little it was interesting. I did notice it, it myself. Up. Yeah, but yeah. So that's it. On, on that note, it, it's so a fun collection. Yeah, of, it's good stuff. Of very interesting 
films by yeah, Osamu I'll, Tezuka. Uh, I'll put up an Amazon link or something if anybody wants to check it out. It's yeah, good stuff. I, I imagine it's still around. I, I bought Probably. it a few years back, yeah. but I, I'm sure if it's not in print, there's still copies of it well, let's circulating. Hope, let's hope so, because some of this stuff you know, goes out of print, and then it's fucking super expensive. Yeah, then it's obnoxious to get. Yeah, yeah but... Let's hope because it's good stuff. The people yeah, should. It's, uh, it's definitely worth watching. People should. Uh, if you're if you're interested in anime, if you're interested yeah. in, in animation, or or just in film in general. Yeah. Or I just in art just, in general. Just watch it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> watch it, y'all. <laughs> if you're interested in living, watch it. Right. Yeah. You like life? <laughs> fucking watch it. Yeah. Love Great everything stuff. that has life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's Tezuka's work in the experimental realm um, as seen in this DVD. So uh, until next time, adios. See ya. That is one big pile of shit.